0: So, hello. Um, I'm Sydney Hutchinson. I'm an associate professor of ethnomusicology at Syracuse University in the state of New York. And I'm also a research associate at Humboldt University in Berlin, which is where I currently live. Yes, I am a Trump UG, and I identify as an immigrant. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, I I should preface my talk by uh, reporting that it's um, somewhat differently than printed on your program because my... um, Uh, partner was to be Dora Hast, an ethnomusicologist in Connecticut, and um, she was going to co-write the paper with me and co-present, but she could do neither of these because her mother passed away a few weeks ago. Um, So unfortunately, you're hearing only from me today. Um, And I also would like to thank the panelists and Alexa also for the um, organization and the invitation because I am very new to the area of Bermuda I'm a specialist in the Hispanic Caribbean and I, I research mainly in the Dominican Republic and among Latinos in the United States um, and I came to Bermuda for the first time last year because I was invited to speak at the Gumbey festival about connections between the Gumbes and other masquerades in the Hispanic Caribbean um because the gumbays feel that their closest living masquerading relatives are the guloyas in the dominican republic although they've never actually met in person and i'm hoping that i can facilitate this meeting if not this year then next (laughs) Um, so thank you for uh welcoming me and into your ranks even though i'm very new to the area um so my paper is titled bermuda gumbay reconnections Covering and recovering indigeneity in the Black Atlantic. Gumbays are a Christmas time masquerade with historical ties to British Isles mumming traditions or folk theater, as well as musical and choreographic practices with ties to Africa and the Caribbean, which is widely understood to be Afro Bermudian or Black Bermudian. On Boxing Day and New Year's, Gumbays traditionally take to the streets for parading and danced battles that highlight agility, acrobatics, and complex rhythms. Since the Gombe's inclusion in the 2001 Smithsonian Festival of American Folklife in Washington, D.C., they've been recognized as a key national symbol. Oh, there they are. Um, And their image now appears everywhere from government building displays to tourist souvenirs, as you can see here. Um, And they dance in an annual festival and at Bermuda Day. Parallel to this process of nationalization, Gumbays themselves have been engaging in unofficial transformative practices. One troop in particular, the Warwick Gumbays, have for over a decade been involved in an exchange with the Pequots, Native Americans from the Northeastern United States to whom they're distantly related. This exchange has transformed Gumbe practices and identities as they recover aspects of Bermudian history, typically hidden from view, a process one anthropologist has referred to as ethnogenesis. I plan to explore how Gumbes create new ethnic identities and recovered histories through performance, through a new research project that's just now in an exploratory stage. But I am glad to report that I've just received word that I have received travel, travel funding from the Tucson Foundation in Germany to return to Bermuda for two more trips. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to this. <laughs> um, I expect that studying the Gumbe's reconfigurations of Bermudian identity will contribute to our understanding of Caribbean histories and masquerades more broadly. I also hope that this case study will broaden the notions of modernity and creolization associated with the Black Atlantic and provide a concrete example of how identities are created through performance. While Gumbes are widely understood as Afro-Bermudian and often understand themselves as such, Their various components reveal the tradition's complex history of intercultural remixing and how materials from different sources converged to create new forms with overlapping meanings. The clothing, mask, and headdress worn today evidence the influence of 20th century Ketitian migrants who brought their wild Indian masks with with its pinkish masks, feathered headgear, tomahawks, and bows and arrows. In Bermuda, this Ketitian practice soon overwrote an earlier tradition which was more closely related to Jamaican Junkanoo with its horned masks and house-shaped headdresses. While historic Junkanoo masquerades likely represented Black Caribbean understandings of their place in the plantation economy, the Wild Indian Mass, which is similar to Caribbean Black Indian traditions from Louisiana to Haiti, oh, there's a slide missing right there, Hmm maybe it will come up later, (laughs) Um, seem to symbolize freedom and a recognition of mixed roots. In both cases, gumbays symbolize marginalized communities of color and their resistance to hegemonic Bermudian identities, particularly in how these relate to British colonial notions of governing. That association remains up to the 21st century as can be seen in the artist Gavin Sinjata Smith's 2003 founding of the one-person Gombe Liberation Party and a run for parliament that called on the Gombe community for support. The GLP had little tangible effect on Bermudian politics. Smith got 16 votes, (laughs) but it did bring attention to issues like racial tensions and neo-colonial governance strategies. As in the US, Race in Bermuda is typically conceived along black and white lines. The presence of mixed African native communities in the Americas and native enslavement in general was long covered up. In the Northeast United States in particular, outright destruction of records, overly simplistic census categories, and a generalized refusal to recognize Indian survival, especially when it came through intermarriage, meant that histories of Native American enslavement have been preserved mainly through oral tradition but such is not enough to gain federal recognition. And so some Northeastern groups like the Pequots have dedicated themselves to genealogical research that would prove what they already knew, that their ancestors were taken as slaves to the Caribbean and that their descendants still live in communities like St. David's Island, Bermuda that's it's kind of too small to see, but if you don't know where St. David's is, if you look like at the top right of the little map there, it's next to the International Airport. As an, um, oh, I already read that part. Okay, Tall Oak Whedon is a Mashantucket Pequot who discovered familial links to St. David's Island. As a result, he brought a delegation to Bermuda to attend the island's first reconnection ceremony in 2002. The Warwick Gumbe Troop was involved with reconnection from the beginning. Troop leader Erwin Trott explained to me that he first got involved because two of the surnames genealogical research had revealed were linked to Pequots, Birchill and Miners, belonged to his own two grandmothers. He and his troop performed in the 2002 ceremony because, and this is a quote, the Pequots wanted my Gumbays to show the elders that their tradition wasn't all lost. There was enough evidence to see similarities. I believe it was six elders that came from the Pequot tribe, including the tribal chairman. After they saw our performance, they held a council in Bermuda and made the decision to invite the Gumby dancers to Connecticut that same summer to showcase us to the rest of the tribal members. And those are some uh, photographs from the reconnection ceremony. Um, On the left are the Wampanoag, Pequot, and Narragansett visitors to St. David's Island. And on the right are St. David's Islanders participating in the grand entry at the powwow that was held that year. Trott did take his dancers to Connecticut, where they were treated to all expense paid stays at the Pequot Hotel and welcomed like family. Trott explains, quote, when we got off the bus, they greeted us at the bus and hugged and embraced everybody and says, welcome home, cousins. And that was just so amazing. Wampanoags and Mashpees who were at that powwow were impressed enough to invite the Gumbays to their own gatherings, leading to ongoing travels back and forth between Bermuda, Connecticut, and Massachusetts. In the intervening years, both sides have had opportunity to reflect on what they might still share. For his part, Taluk Whedon was astounded to find that Bermudians, quote, look so much like us, even today after all that history has taken place and we look so much like them. Trott added that Pequots found St. David's ways of cooking seafood and making fishing nets very similar. Dancing and drumming came to play particularly important roles in the renewal of ties. As St. David's mm-hmm. Islander Nivis Felice told a Boston Globe reporter when attending the Mashpee Wampanoag Powwow, quote, traditional dances were the only pieces of Wampanoag culture to survive centuries of slavery and cultural repression in Bermuda. When, while Felice recognized the dances had changed, she explained, quote, The East Coast tribe has been teaching us the culture we lost. The cultural exchange takes place at roughly biannual reconnection powwows held in St. David's Island since 2002. Here, Gumbays play the role of hosts, inviting their distant relatives to join in. Discovering these connections was a transformative experience for the Warwick Gumbays. Trott reports that when his son went to university in Canada, he took courses on Native American culture and history, attended Native student group meetings, and learned to sing powwow songs with Native friends, something he also does with the invited drums at the Bermuda powwow. The Warwick gumbays now include visual references to Native North Americans in their outfits, their banner, and following powwow dancers usage, Warwick gumbays now refer to those outfits as regalia in a spirit of reverence. In the steady beat of their bass drum, they hear the powwow drum, and in their own dance improvisations, they see a resemblance to powwow fancy dance. Although fancy dance developed centuries after enslaved New Englanders were brought to Bermuda, both sides see an affinity that the Warwick troupe demonstrated in their performance at the 2018 Gumbe Festival. How can I? Click the link. For a Caribbeanist like me, the reconnection process is striking for how it's layered upon earlier forms of what one might call fictive indigeneity via the petition wild Indian dance, itself related to other black Indian masquerades like the Mardi Gras Indians of New Orleans. While these groups likely have an even more recent mixed heritage than the Gumbays, the way they construct and present notions of indigeneity is usually based more on imagination and creativity than on the practices of any specific indigenous group, and much less on interpersonal connections with living indigenous people. These facts make the Gumbays' work to connect with Native American relatives unique, and their focus on doing so through their experience of sonic and kinetic affinities, especially so. So to conclude, (laughs) historian um, Kujo Swan argues that Bermuda's colonial government circulates colonial and paternalistic narratives about Bermudian history that depict the island as racially harmonious and eliminate mention of Black Bermudian struggles from educational curricula. This has resulted in the discrediting of Black activism and prevents identification with other struggles around the Black Atlantic, he says. For some Black Bermudians, including Gumbays, the situation has led to a disidentification with Bermuda overall and a choice to identify as something else, such as simply African. The new drive to identify as Native American may be another manifestation, but it also points out a potential problem in the conception of the Black Atlantic. Bermudians as British subjects may be engaged in the striving to be both European and black that Gilroy describes as necessitating specific forms of double consciousness because of how nation-building projects make these identities appear to be mutually exclusive. In contrast, Gilroy highlights what he calls stereophonic bilingual or bifocal cultural forms as typical of black cultures and modernity itself. Gumbe's indigenous affinities complicate Gilroy's view of black Atlantic culture. And striving to perform their links to other parts of the global south, Gumbays make visible the others left out even of this history of mutual othering, revealing forms that are multilingual, multifocal, not only stereophonic, but conceived in surround sound. This identity is based not on genetics, as results from genetic studies have been ambiguous. Instead, it's based in performance, created and activated through drumming and dancing. And it's this performed identity and the political work it does that I want to investigate moving forward.